I like to say hello and welcome you. Good day, that is my name. Come here and sit down. I'm so glad you even really truly came. We can even go and take a walk or something. Mike Chip. Checkity check yourself before you rickety wreck yourself. Very nice. Thank you. I'm starting a new career as a rapper. That's pretty good. I was a rapper once. Really? Yeah. I had a, okay. We had a comedy rap group when I was in high school. It was oh, me and two I'm other. Sure, it was really, really good. It was me and two really dorky white guys, like the dorkiest white guys I've ever known. I feel like that's redundant. <laughs> and it was like, oh, it was so funny. But I didn't. It was weird because I didn't. I. They were really funny. Actually, most of it was just the fact that those two guys were in a rap group and their names were really funny. And then I don't know if they said anything in their raps that was at all interesting or funny. And then I like horned my way in. I was like, oh my God, that was so funny. I want to do it. And then they let me do it. And then I was not funny. Uh, so it's really hard to rap in a funny way. Yes. Anyway. We can't all be Eminem. No. Right. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, are you ready? I am. Hello, and welcome back to Cast Party. I'm Brennan. I'm Dave. And this is a freewheeling pop culture podcast that doesn't always talk about movies. <laughs> but most of the time. <laughs> well, not this episode, because today we're here to talk about music, and I'm very nervous, because this is actually the first time. <laughs> yeah. I like. I love music. Yeah. Um, music, or for me in junior high, music was what movies are to me now like oh, i was yeah. very much a music kid in junior high but then i kind of mm-hmm. transitioned yes uh so like i have a lot to say but i've never said it before oh wow yeah i've always really liked i mean you used to make me mix cds oh when yeah you were I, in high school and they were always really great thank you like, i still do that for people it's yeah. really fun it is a really it's like a really fun thing and a cool gift yeah like i mean it would be a little disappointing if it was like you know I don't know, like your Christmas gift to somebody very special in your life, but somebody no, that's but like a little an more off casual. the cuff thing, yeah. or like um, I have a horror trivia team that I'm on, and every mm-hmm. Halloween I make them all make CDs. Um, mm. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's not like a pressure gift scenario; it's just yeah. like a fun thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we're here to talk about music, mm-hmm. and uh, as. As always, what you want to do is have a very loose, and what I want to do is have to have a plan. Right. So, I didn't know we were going to only talk about music. I think we'll, the conversation will probably go. Of course it will. Yeah. We it, can, uh, we can start with the music somehow. Yeah, but we can also just talk or, about uh, I have other topics that I wanted uh-huh. to talk to you about. So. Yeah. Also, I've been, uh, we finished our first Jane Austen novel, because mm. um, I'm reading along with Sergio, and also my mom's joining us. Oh, that's awesome. Which is awesome, having yeah. a little book club. So I'm one and a half novels deep, and mm-hmm. I literally had a dream about Jane Austen last night. Whoa. So I might find a way to bring that up at some point. That's cool. Because heads are whirling around in my brain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we both came up with some topics, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Definitely. Sure. Mm-hmm. I have a couple topics I want to throw out. I do, too. Okay. That's, do you want to start with the, the thing you sent me? I think I want to start with something else. Okay, actually. go for it. Because I want to. I had a question. Yeah. Because I was thinking about this. How do oh, you geez. find new music now? Oh, Jesus, in, Brennan. <laughs> in 2018. That's such a good question. How? Because it's all algorithms. Yeah. Like, like you feel like you go on iTunes and it's like new music for you. And you're like, but I don't like any of this. What mm-hmm. is this? Or like, you know, I get really frustrated. Part of it, 
I'm going to say right off the bat, I like music less and less the older I get. Like new music or just music in general? I, like it, it's, it means so much to you when you're in high school and even oh, in college yeah. as you're like broadening your mind. And it defines your personality. Yeah. And like um, later we're going to talk about like favorite albums and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was looking through my music just now and I was like, there's all these great artists that I really love. And I don't know any of these songs by the title. Okay. Because Did I put my music. to know? I in back in the day uh-huh. when part of it is the difference between a CD and like having 6,000 songs on my phone. But like you, to me, music has become this thing that is in the background of my life. Okay. So yeah. I like music that's in the background, but it never is something that totally moves me anymore. Does that okay. make sense? I totally feel that. Like I only yeah. listen to music when I'm working. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I need something in the background that I'm not, I don't need to pay attention to. Mm hmm. And that's like kind of disappointing. So I'm yeah, like, that's unfair, I guess, to yeah. the music. Yeah. So I'm like, I need to, there's some artists that I really love. And I'm like, I need to like, I don't know what their songs are about. <laughs> so that's embarrassing. Yeah. No, I totally feel that. And I, and I have a, had a lot of experiences lately where I am like listening to a song or singing a song and someone goes, do you know what that song's about? And I'm like. I'm not sure that I know any of the words. I just like the way it sounds. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh no. But yeah, well, how I, do I find music? It's like, I've got Amazon Music in the house, right? Like with the, because I got a smart home, smart home with my, all my echoes. I don't want to. You don't say your name. Yeah. Um, but I just say like, play a station and then it plays music. And then as it's playing, I can be like, who's this? But that okay. doesn't mean I'm going to remember or. No, but anything uh, with it. But at least that exposes you to new music because yeah. part of the thing with like iTunes and streaming is that so much you're mm-hmm. listening to is very it's it's that like insular filter on the world mm-hmm. that the internet has kind of allowed us to create yeah. for ourselves, where we're like on Spotify you can only listen to your playlist or mm-hmm. this one band and you don't have to listen to anything else, right? Or things like that. I'm it, yeah, I am a luddite, so I don't have Spotify or Pandora or mm-hmm. anything like that. But still, I only listen to my stuff. Yeah. Like, finding new music is so difficult. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good question. And every once in a while, I'll discover something new. Um, The best thing that I ever had happen to help me uh, get exposed to new music. Well, one one time years ago, I had like $100 in iTunes credit. Nice. I just put a post on Facebook that was like, hey, everyone, I need some new music. Recommend bands and songs. Mm Mm-hmm. And I got this amazing collection of like indie folksy rock band that was all kind of like in my wheelhouse. But again, I just would like download one song and be like, I really like this band and never download the album. So I don't really know any other music. I'm like, like, I like that one song. they. Oh, I'm that guy. But like, I like that one song they have, but I don't know what it's about. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's so much access to everything that it's impossible to know everything. Um, and then the other thing was iTunes would do celebrity playlists. Yes, I loved those. And that's so sad that they don't do that anymore. Yeah, and and the thing that turned me on to one of my favorite artists was the How I Met Your Mother cast. Oh, okay. And uh, Josh Radnauer is really into Brett Denon. Yeah, you... A- and um, I got really into Brett Denon. You put a couple of his songs... Because you always... Um, in When I was in high school... Yeah. Like you kind of make a soundtrack for whatever plays we were doing, or yes. at least the like 
like the interim music during mm-hmm. set changes and stuff. And Brad Dunn yeah. and I remember being featured on quite mm-hmm. a few of those. Yeah, or music at least like the that. David and Lisa one. David and Lisa, that the that playlist. Soundtrack. The playlist I made for David and Lisa was like a really awesome collection of music. I I literally have it on my computer right now. Do you? Yeah. I'm going to have to ask you to like send me a list of the songs so I can recreate it. You have it right there. Uh, Oh, maybe not. No, here it is. Uh, That's awesome. mm -hmm. Uh, Blue Room by Chet Baker. That song was great. God, that song is haunting. Um, The Gary Jules cover of Mad World. Mm -hmm. A Winter by Joshua Radin. That's a good one. Like I found him through you putting two of his songs on this playlist, mm-hmm. and now my sister really likes him too. Yeah. You know um, he's like best friends with Zach Braff. I guess that makes life. sense. That's Which crazy. is why I discovered him because Zach Braff put him in every episode of Scrubs ever. Yeah, and also Colin Hay. He was yeah, in Colin Scrubs Hay. a lot too. Yeah, it's basically Colin. a Scrubs playlist. Yeah, I mean it. Um, a lot of it came from that. Mm-hmm. Tell her this by Delamitri. Mm. Actually, I don't remember that one a lot. I they did a they did a roll to you though, right? I'm not sure. That's another bet. That was Tell Her This is a very heavily featured on an episode of Scrubs where he's like, wants to talk to the girl. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Over the Rainbow cover by Ingrid Michaelson. Oh, mm-hmm. and Avalanche by Chris Trapper. That song was great, too. Yeah, I don't know how. I, I think that was a Pandora thing. I found that. And I don't even know who that guy is, and I love that song. No, it's a beautiful song. Yeah. Winter by Joshua Redden, though. That oh, song's boy. beautiful. Oof. Those, Oof. like, Blue Room and Winter and Avalanche are like, Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're emotional. <laughs> they really fit that, they fit that play a lot. And that play was so melancholy. <laughs> I didn't see that. I don't know. It was beautiful. Touching. That, that That's not, th- those aren't opposites. Melancholy is sad. It wasn't sad. It felt sad. Oh, God. Well, because Miller broke the leg off the table. Yeah, Miller broke the leg. This is a table leg. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I guess let's move away from <laughs> things that only us know. Yeah, that's good. Miller, if you're listening, you broke the table leg, you, and I'll never forget you, it. Damn you, Alexander <laughs> Miller, Alexander, Alexander Miller, whatever. Anyway, Random guy. I do know my mom finds a lot of new music through Pandora, mm-hmm. and my mom consistently has much cooler musical taste than yeah. I do. Yeah. Because of that, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. for me, finding music, it's bands I already like put out new stuff, and I look at it, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm like, eh. Yeah, that's often the case. Um, I'm almost always disappointed in a band's new album. Yeah, I mean, that's how it goes. It's the anticipation that you listen mm-hmm. to. You're like, oh, this is just new music. It's, it's just new music that sounds like the old music, so what was I expecting? Mm-hmm. Oh man, I really thought they'd come out and sound like Bruce Springsteen on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they do. Yeah. Um, and even when they do that, you're like, oh, I don't like it. It doesn't sound like their old stuff. It's really a lose lose, liking mm-hmm. bands. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, otherwise, movie soundtracks give me a lot of music. Yes. Um, and I listen to a lot of pop culture podcasts that recommend songs and oh, play clips. That's a good idea. Um, like, there's one podcast I listen to called Switched on Pop, where they do like a deep dive like discussing the actual composition of like top 40 pop songs. Yikes. And like act- they apply like a lot of really heady musical theory to it. Oh boy. Which is, you know, it's really cool. It's good to go to sleep too. No, it's awesome. <laughs> and like, it's fun. Yeah. And I, I also, one of my favorite things in the world is the elevation of low culture. Like people being really smart about things that people don't think about mm-hmm. or don't care about. Right. Cause people are like, Oh, it's pop music. It's dumb. And it's like, well, it is still music, which is very hard to write and yeah. make. Yeah. And there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a video? 
<laughs> oh, you remember that? My yeah. <laughs> my favorite song from Call Me By Your Name. Uh, okay, wait. You you described something on our last podcast as treacly. Uh huh. What is that? Like, what is a word? Yeah. And spell uh, it. T r e a c l y. And like, uh, okay. Well, because treacle is a British dessert. It's kind of like really viscous and sticky and molassesy. Mm-hmm. So treacly is like, I don't know. At least the, when I use it applied to music, it's kind of like saccharin and cloying it's just like very it's mm. too twee i guess mm-hmm. like just too much and too cutesy okay and like too sweet almost it's so weird because it sounds like an adverb like when like you he said it i was treacly. yeah and i was like what i think you're using that wrong and then i even I never tried to look it, it up later and i got i didn't know how to spell it so i got treacle yeah i mean it, it's it's but yeah, and I was like, "That's a, it's like that's, of or relating to treacle." Yeah, <laughs> which I don't think I've ever had, but my dad says it's gross. <laughs> don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Glad you whispered, <laughs> <laughs> so they won't hear. Microphone whispering is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's. I don't know, but I would love to some new good music. Oh, well, I'll try. Yeah. Um, w- one thing I do is every month or so, well, there's this YouTube channel I follow um, mm-hmm. that it just, it basically lists the top 50 singles on the Billboard charts. Oh, okay. And it plays like a 10 second snippet of the video and says like what position on the chart it's on and where okay. it was last week and where it peaked. Mm-hmm. And you can't do it more than once a month because it's week by week. It's kind of all the same. Yeah. But after a month goes by, you can kind of see where the things start to shift and where all the new stuff comes on. Mm-hmm. And that's how I kind of try to keep on top of the music that's playing right now. Cause yeah. I don't listen to the radio. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty interesting. It's mostly very crappy, mm-hmm. but so, some stuff I find through there. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes top 40 gets it right. At least for me, I have a very pop sensibility. A lot of the time I've found it's weird. My musical, cause I used to not be, a very pop centric person in high school. I was, I was into rap and R and B. Yes. Like nothing else. Um, and like a light fun pop song. I would have been like, I hate this. And now something like, um, that ridiculous Justin Timberlake song. Can't stop the feeling. Yeah. I freaking love that song (laughs) and I don't care. And I know that it's like vapid and doesn't mean anything. I love it. It comes on and I'm happy. Yeah, and no, that's, it, and that's a lot. What music needs to be for me now is I need something that the, the second I hear it, I'm in a better mood, and I just want a boogie, and I don't really want to like experience depth anymore. I'm like, my life is deep enough. I don't need, <laughs> like, and I think that's part of it. Is like when you're a teenager, you're like, oh, it's so deep. I need deep things, and then you get to a point where you're like, that, no, I don't need that. So much. Well, yeah, and also when you grow up, you realize those things weren't so deep. Mm-hmm. Like I was looking through some of my older like junior high playlists and stuff, and I was like, yeah. "Ooh, yikes!" Yeah. yeah, there was a band I really liked called Amber Pacific. Mm. Um, they played at the Vans Warped tour, and I actually still like their harmonies are pretty good. Yeah. Still, like they have some solid composition, I guess. But like just listening to the lyrics, I was like, "Oh, this is so like emo, <laughs> oh, simple no. plan, crying in my room." Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> Although, I don't know. Like, in junior high, I was an enigma, I think. Mm-hmm. Very much so. 
Yeah, I didn't really meet you till your sophomore year, and I didn't really get to know you very well then. It was more like your junior and senior year I got mm-hmm. to know you. So you, it's a big difference between. I mean, it's three years, but it's a big no, difference I, as a person. I changed a lot, and also I came out of the closet during that time. Yeah, that so changes things. That you know that does change things. Open you up to a lot of different uh, experiences. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also like coming out you don't have to necessarily not that i ever did but you don't have to hide the things that you like once you've like admitted who Mm -hmm. you are yeah where it's like i this never really was my experience but um people who are in the closet are like oh lady gaga i hate her she's so like oh yeah and so you have to like push away certain things that make you seem gay for liking them that's Um, so funny because there i there's a lot of things that i've liked that if if I said it, people were like, what are you gay? And I was like, no, just like that music. Yeah, exactly. And that a, a lot of people can be like that. And mm-hmm. I feel like I was, mm-hmm. but also coming out definitely does open you up to like, just, well, I don't be, care what you think. Yeah. It's yeah. a little more like that. Like, and it's like, I'm going to embrace this and see what else yeah. I can find for myself. Yeah. Anyway, I, that, no, so in junior high, okay, I was listening to a lot of Blink-182, oh my. Um, Nirvana, Okay. And uh, the Beatles. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was all over the place. That's fine. Um, I mean, it's pretty cool that you were listening to the Beatles in junior high. Oh, yeah. Like the Beatles and Queen mm. and things like that. Like classic rock and then like emo pop punk is yeah. right where I was landing. Yeah. I was in middle school as Nirvana became a thing. Okay. And I didn't like them. No, because... They're hard to like, I think, um, past a certain point sometimes. I mean, for I, one of my best friends was like, this is the best music in the world. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't like it. It's weird. Um, well, it's kind of a deconstruction of music. Right. And I mean, yes. It w- I mean, what I didn't realize until recently, someone posted a thing on the internet somewhere where they auto-tuned. Kurt Cobain? They auto-tuned Smells Like Team Spirit to make it major chords. Ooh, that's interesting. And it, I was like, oh no, I like this version of this <laughs> song. I'm the problem. Like, cause it's all, I didn't realize that everything was minor chords and that's, and a little bit dissonant. And I yeah. never really realized that. And that's why I didn't like them. Okay. <laughs> was cause it doesn't sound good kind of on purpose. Yeah. But that's fair not to like that. Yeah. Like you have to understand it and like interact yeah. with it and be like, yes, yeah. I'm, enjoying you destroying the yeah. system but um speaking of <laughs> yeah um like being a rube i guess uh-huh. um have you ever seen the movie begin again with Kira knightley and mark ruffalo um like Kira knightley's a songwriter and he's like a producer i it's from the guy who directed once i haven't okay well it's like um, one that i don't think was in theaters and it just kind of showed up it sort of was yeah. but it like i saw it at the art theater okay so it's like a kind of it's an indie movie okay but that movie was really good mm-hmm. but so Kira knightley's a this like indie songwriter and mm-hmm. she wants to hold on to her indie cred or whatever yeah and her boyfriend is played by adam levine who mm-hmm. like becomes a big pop star over the course of the movie mm-hmm. and so she has this song that she writes um called ooh, lost stars that's what it's called and it's this like indie ballad mm-hmm. and it's all acoustic and stuff mm-hmm. and then adam levine takes it and he he basically Hedwig and the Angry Inches it. Like, he becomes big off of that song. Yeah. And it's this, like, really 
overproduced pop version of it mm-hmm. that has a lot of him like squealing and a lot of like electric guitars and it's like yeah. I really love that version and I don't <laughs> love the Kira Knightley version. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I guess I am the problem. Yeah. yeah he's like, it's yeah. so funny. You're like, Oh no, I'm liking the wrong thing. Yeah. But also, I mean, that's the single that they sold off the yeah. soundtrack the most and they knew that, but also like, have you ever had an experience where you discover a song and then way later it becomes a big deal and you're like, I don't know how to feel about this. Like Jack and I went and saw despicable me too. Oh yes, and happy. What is it? happy, yeah. And I loved the soundtrack, and I downloaded the songs like on the way out of the theater because Jack was digging it, and I was uh-huh. digging it. And it was like this is fun, and we were listening to Happy. And it was like when whenever that movie came out, twenty thirteen. Yeah, but like the time in the year, like six months later, the song blew up. Yeah, it took a really long time for it to catch on, and by that time we'd already had to. I'd already because I have a kid, and when you have a song that you like, you listen to it over. Oh and yeah, over until you hate it, and so. I already hated the song oh and then it got popular before and I was like, everyone hated the and song. I was like, what's happening? And then, yeah. And then it became so overplayed that everybody hated it. And I, this will probably be a theme that reoccurs, but I, I hate that people will say, I hate this song, but really it's just, you've listened to it too much. And uh-huh. You're sick of it. It's not, I hate it. It's I'm sick of it. It doesn't mean it's a bad song. It right. just means like, please stop. Yeah. Please stop radio. I get that mm. everybody likes it, but not, it doesn't have to play on K rock and the rap station. Uh-huh. And the, like oldies like everyone doesn't have to play it and i i don't know because uh pop culture is getting so compartmentalized and fragmented at this point Mm -hmm. that i don't know if this is the same experience but i think we do have a new version of that song right now well last year's was can't stop the feeling the justin timberlake song yeah this year i think it's that song feel it still by portugal the man where it's like oh yeah i don't know any of the words you mean the one that's wait a minute little mr postman Basically, yeah. Um, Every time I hear it, I'm like, what's happening? Is this an updated word? Yeah. and mm-hmm, Wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Mm-hmm, it's the same. There's another song where they did that, where they just took... Oh, it's somebody big, too. It, it won't come to me. I'm like, maybe it'll come to me. But there's another song where it's just another melody from another old yeah. song, another old pop song. And I'm like, that's not fair. No, and also... Oof, like, I saw clips of the music video for that song and I'm like, these people look terrible. <laughs> They're just like terrible hipsters with awful mustaches and like mm-hmm. monocles and stuff. And it's like, yeah. oh, why'd you, why yeah. are you doing this? And they probably hate this song because mm-hmm. it's too happy. Yeah. Like how Radiohead hates Creep or whatever because they're like, this song sucks. And it's like, okay, sorry. <laughs> what? Sorry you're successful. <laughs> I hate it when people are like that. Yeah. That's something I actually hate. Oh yeah, when artists despise the work that they put out. Uh, uh, you guys don't even really understand us as a band. You just think we're that one song. It's like, have you paid attention to music over the last hundred years? They're like, yeah, that's what happens. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> you make one really great thing that's an earwig, and everybody loves it. I mean, it. I guess I I, I understand it. It's like when people are like, oh, you're the drama teacher, so were you being dramatic? And I'm like, you know, I'm actually a full human being. Yeah. I'm not just a drama teacher in every aspect of my life. Yeah, people, uh, well, people do that, especially, like, people define themselves by, like, what major they are. Yeah. And so I think when you st- work in education, that definitely still mm-hmm. sticks 100%. Oh, boy. But, like, yeah. With certain people, with the corny people, with my friends. Yeah. Nobody ever talks about that. Every Every once in a while, they make a joke, but it's almost like a... It's like a meta joke about yeah. those types of people yeah. almost. Exactly. They don't really believe it. Yeah. <laughs> a, f- 
Yeah, so that song, speaking of, I discovered Feel It Still by Portugal the Man because mm-hmm. it was in a vitamin water commercial. Oh, yeah. That played before the movies all the time. Yeah. And I'm at the movies all the time, especially because right. I have Movie Pass now. Yeah. So I know all the commercials super you're so, well. You're so important. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I get to see a lot of movies for almost free, which is awesome because yeah, that's what I love. Cool. Um, but I practically memorized all of the like pre-roll commercials before mm-hmm. movies. Oh boy. Anyway, it's uh it's exhausting. Yeah. Um I know every trailer by heart at this point. I'm mm-hmm. so excited for when Sherlock Gnomes comes out, so I never have to see that trailer again. Ugh. It looks so bad. But did Gnomeo and Juliet look good? I didn't say it did. <laughs> <laughs> but they made that and it made enough money that they were like, We gotta yeah. make a second one. I do admire that it's a different literature property. Mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting approach. Mm-hmm. But also, please stop. Yes. Anyway, so I just, that's where I discovered most of my music okay. is from commercials before movies. That is a great source. Um, Actually, a really great way to discover new music is I, iPhone, iPod, i anything commercials. They used to always oh yeah have like, like a really great song. One two three four by Feist. Yeah. That's how that it's song got great huge. Song. Yeah, and she's great. Mm-hmm. Again, <sighs> someone that I have like three of her songs. I'm like, I like all these. I should. I don't have time. I don't have yeah. time to discover her as an artist. That's how I feel about a lot of yeah. artists. Like, um, Aha, they did Take On Me. Yeah. And they're still huge in Sweden. Wow. They're still making music. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do I have to, though? <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> I don't think you need to. No. I mean, I love One Hit Wonders, and mm-hmm. there are certain bands where I like actually have dove in and been really rewarded. Right. Like uh, 99 Luftballons by Nena. The mm-hmm. you know the only German song that hit the American charts. Right. Her other stuff is great. Like I love her other albums from 99 the eighties. Red Balloons. That one. Yeah. Her other song, Ninety Nine Red Balloons. No, I'm, I'm making uh, a dumb joke. Uh, uh-huh. You know, like a uh, Kino or Fragezeichen. Oh yeah, all those. <laughs> or Hirschkin Flurkin. Or uh, <laughs> Willst du mit mir gehen? Yes, 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 yes. And everyone knows these, Brennan. Yeah. I don't know why you're even bothering to name them. Everybody knows exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, you know what? There's actually there's one that I do like that mm-hmm. I don't remember the name, but it's hilarious. It's really long. Oh, good. Um, I can't wait to hear long titles in German. Heute habe ich die Sonne mit dem Mond verschweigselt. Yeah? Verwechselt. Okay. And that means? Uh, today I have... I'm not sure about the noun, but it's something about the sun and the moon. So mm. I think she like confused them or switched them in some way. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I really like Nana. <laughs> so right. sometimes it works. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. Did you have anything else you want to say about how you find music? Like, no. Is, no. Okay. Great. It's just perplexing. Yeah. How to. I have a question. Yeah. Do you have an official favorite song? Like when people ask you. <sighs> I feel like when people do that, you you develop a stock answer. Yeah. Right? And it isn't really your favorite song. It's just a song that you can say because I don't know that any any person can have a fa I always feel this way about favorite colors too. When people are like, Oh, that's my favorite color and when people ask like what's your favorite color and everybody says blue, you're like, No, it's not. Like you're you're just saying that because everybody says blue. Um oh. and I, I actually said that for years. I said blue is my favorite uh-huh. color and then I realized, no it's not I liked wearing stuff that had blue in it because I have kind of bluish eyes and I'd wear a blue shirt and a girl would go, ooh, you have nice eyes. And then I realized recently, I was like, yeah, but in every situation, like, oh, like when I was a kid, which one do you want? I'd be like, I want the red one. 
red is my favorite color. Uh huh. And I didn't know that. And I really like orange. So what the hell? Um. Anyway, actually, I was gonna say I have very little feelings about colors right. in general, except I know, I think that most I, people, except that I hate orange. <laughs> really. <laughs> I like certain oranges, and certain oranges are ugly. Okay, yes. I can agree with that. Like that orange I kind of like right there. Like a bright... Good for clean, the podcast. Everybody knows. Like a bright, clean orange. When it gets at all rusty or dirty looking, that's uh-huh. gross. The yeah, 70s orange no, is okay, the worst the, the, orange the, ever. No, that I agree. 70s, like... The mottled yeah, brownish. Where, yeah, where it's like, what is that? Anyway. Okay, well, sorry. I do want to say I don't want to mischaracterize myself. I do love colors. Mm-hmm. Like... Any movie that has a bold color scheme, yeah. I am all in. But I don't like care about the colors relative to one another. Yeah. I'm not like, oh, this color is better than the other color. I never understood that. I feel like what's your favorite color is basically like, I don't know what to talk about. Yeah. Like, how can you have a... I don't even understand. And then there's the people that like get really upset. Like, pink is my thing. And then they, everything is pink. And you're like, okay, well, now you're letting a color define your life and that's weird mm-hmm. um okay so you said favorite song favorite song i really love sitting on the dock of the bay by Otis okay at, i really love that song i've that's probably the song i've it's one of the first songs where i went whoa this is like crazy good and i'd never heard it and i i love it um but there's probably other ones that i really like yeah i mean that's a great answer but that's my so. that's like kind of my stock answer. Yeah, your party line mm-hmm. i feel like I do have a stock answer, but mm-hmm. I feel like it is correct. Like I do have a genuine, mm-hmm. permanent love for this song that kind of eclipses everything else. Yeah. Um, and it is by Sir Mix a Lot. And no, I'm kidding. It's actually um, "Closer it, to Fine" by the Indigo Girls. Oh, okay. Um, which is weird because I know literally no other Indigo Girls mm-hmm. song. I don't know any Indigo. I don't even know if I know. Closer oh, to I find. do know it. It's closer to um, Andy no. Bernard sings it in the office at yeah. one point. I was like, I went to the doctor. I yeah. went to the mountains. Yeah. I just, I love that song. Closer to fun. Yeah. 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 It's a good song. Thanks. That's <laughs> good. I don't know. I, the Indigo Girls, I know nothing about. Yeah. Except and I'm like, I, ha- I probably have some element of prejudice because when they were big, you hate I lesbian? didn't like the way that, what? You hate when they were big, when were they big? In the mid nineties? Uh-huh. Okay, so I was in middle school, high school, and I didn't like their look because that's what mattered in the 90s. Oh, and yeah, of course. I don't like the way they look, so I don't like their music. I, it's so stupid. No, I mean, that, that that is a core element of pop music Yeah, and how people judge it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you shouldn't blame yourself for that. But, yeah, no, I just, I love that song a lot. Mm-hmm. Um Two surprising ones. I was look. I was thinking about like, what are my top ten songs? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to share them all because no. I don't remember. But two ones that are like eternally in my top mm-hmm. five. I feel like are kind of surprising for my general tastes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Salisbury Hill by Peter Gabriel. Ooh, great song. And you can call me Al by Paul Simon. Great song. Yeah, those songs are awesome. That song you cannot hear that and not feel a little bit better in your yeah day. and chevy chase is in the music the video. music video is amazing it's like the last time chevy chase was funny yes it is <laughs> <laughs> oh god i mean most of the reason he's funny is he's six five and paul simon's five five and that's funny yeah and he's <laughs> pretending to be paul simon like he's yeah. singing the whole yeah. song it's great and yeah. paul simon just kind of walks by in the background sometimes and plays mm-hmm. an instrument yes um yeah but in salisbury hill i think is just a straight up masterpiece like mm-hmm unequivocal you can't hear that song and be like oh, this is fine yeah it's like no it's a beautiful song it's a beautiful song i i discovered that from a movie which one 
Um, in good company. We sell that a lot at the store that I work really? at. Really, I really I own it for Grace and that. Yeah, I really like it. Okay, I've I don't know anything about it's it. It's probably not very good, but I really like it. It's one of those movies. Okay, that's totally fine. I it actually has a lot of interesting commentary on the world. It's. I mean, the plot is like, hey, look, we're talking about movies. Um, hey, guess what? <laughs> Dennis Quaid plays a guy that's like been a, in his job. I can't even remember what job it is. Business. Forever. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I feel like it has something to do with sports, but he's like entrenched and then his company gets bought by a big corporation and the big corporation comes in and is like, we're not doing things that way anymore. And like they fire most of his coworkers. They force him to kind of take a subservient role. Huh. And Topher Grace is above him. And Topher Grace oh. is like 26, 27, uh-huh. you know, and he's like, yeah, I have all these credentials like from college, but he has no life experience at uh-huh. all. And then throughout it, like it, they form a really cool relationship where Topher Grace is like, basically I don't have any experience but i also don't have anybody keeping an eye out for me uh-huh and uh and um and they form this cool friendship and then there's the the, the part that got advertised was like then he has a relationship with the guy's daughter wacky uh, and it's like not really a main thing it's more about topher grace kind of figuring out what's important in life okay and that like people matter and money doesn't and it, it's really, I think it's really great because it's like all about what I'm about. So uh-huh. I'm like, oh, I believe with that philosophy. <laughs> I that, didn't grow in any good. way. <laughs> and I really like Topher Grace. I do too. Like uh, the my first, my many first impressions of him were like, oh, he's so bland and I know mm-hmm. nothing about him, but I've been watching more movies with him and I'm like, yeah. he's really good. Yeah, I he's like really him. fun and he's interesting. He did a super cut of the, of the um, prequels of Star Wars. Okay. And I've heard it's fantastic. I haven't watched it, but he like cuts it so that it makes more sense and is more oh. exciting. Okay. Like he takes out stuff and puts things oh, in different order. Awesome. And, yeah. It's like, oh, what a good idea. <laughs> Thanks, Topher. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I found Salisbury Hill through a, a YouTube video that mm-hmm. was a recut trailer of The Shining to make it look like a, like a family drama, like okay. a, like a heartwarming thing yeah. about like a father reconnecting with his son mm-hmm. um and salisbury hill is like the major song at the end when they're like i'm gonna be your new foster father <laughs> just like i don't know weird stuff like that but i was like this video is pretty funny but this song is incredible yeah yeah i think salisbury hill is the last song in in good company like as the credits roll that yeah, it should be and it's okay i'm gonna sp- so tover grace, grace dies no so tover grace early on in the movie he's got this like big house and everything's about money right of course so it shows him running and he's on the phone with dennis quaid and he's running uh-huh. and you see the background going be- behind him and then eventually the camera pans back and he's got some sort of like screen uh-huh. next to him showing like outdoors but he's actually running on a treadmill uh-huh and dennis quaid at one point is like have you ever tried like running outside and that's the last shot of the movie is him running Ooh. and he's running on the beach in la like you know, like on Santa Monica beach, like into the sunset and that song plays and it's like, all right. Oh, that's so nice. It's, it's a really great image. It's not a great movie. I'm sure it movie. sounds pretty great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Salisbury Hill is great. Mm-hmm. Um, what else am I looking at here? I'm, uh, da, 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 da. Do you want to talk about albums now? Yeah, let's we do did it. Put together some notes about that. Let's do it. This is the one thing we specifically talked about. Yeah. I was like, I wanted to talk about albums that are like totally perfect, like top to bottom mm. that you really love. Yeah. 
And and this is one of the problems that I was talking about. Yeah. I don't listen to albums close enough. I probably have a bunch. I have all these artists that I love and I'm like, what album do I? The last album, they're all like from a long time ago. Like when uh, you listened to albums? When, when I albums did, yeah, like college. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn. Which is fine. But I think that's when a lot of your musical memory yeah. and uh, like emotion comes from anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so um, my my list is very eclectic. Okay, mine too. So uh, my first one is um, it's actually Tupac's last album. Okay. Uh, which has so much meaning to me. It was my, I think it came out either the end of my junior year or the beginning of my senior year, and then he died. He might have, no, he might have died before it came out. Ugh, I'm not remembering the timeline, but it's called... It's called Machiavelli, the seven day theory or something. Oh. And so it became this big, like, that's why there's all the rumors that he's still alive because the last album he released was named after a guy that faked his own death to f- fool his enemies. Oh, I don't think I knew that actually. Yeah. That's what Machiavelli did. <laughs> like, it was, or it was in a book that I don't even know the legend enough. Anyway, so. It's really great from top to bottom, and and I remember it was a it was like the soundtrack of my senior year of high school, and I'd be at somebody's house and we'd be listening to a song, and I'd be like, oh, this is one of the songs I always skip. Oh, I really like this one too. Uh huh. And then I'd go home and like repeat that one over and over and over and over. Um, I love it when an album can keep giving yeah. like that. I felt like it did that my entire senior year. There was just a new like you would like listen to a song over and over and over and over and over. And then be like, I think I'm getting over it. And then some, you'd be writing with someone else, and they'd be like, Oh, you know what's my favorite song on this album? Boop boop. And they'd put on, and you're like, Whoa, whoa. Um, so I, I, and I, that was by far my favorite album or my favorite artist in high school. Towards the end, we, I mean, anyway. And he went to my high school, so there's yeah. Like I was gonna say, weird... did you feel that like kinship? Not really. Like, we, it was it we're was the just, same, you and me. Yeah. I mean, there was weird stuff like my drama teacher had him as a student and was very upset when he died. And my English teacher did this crazy thing where she like gave me a passage from Othello to read. And she knew I was in drama, so she uh-huh. had me read it. And I read it and I did a pretty good job. I was like, hey, that was a good cold read for Shakespeare. Yeah. And she's like, that was actually really good. But the best time I ever heard that passage read, it was in this seat by Tupac Shakur. And we were all like, <laughs> what? Because, <laughs> um, you know, he was actually like a really highly trained actor. He had gone to art school for acting and poetry and stuff. So, but um, yeah, that album was like mind blowing in a lot of ways. There's so much stuff. And there's the little part at the very beginning where it, there's like a bell rings and everybody like listens really closely to this part. And like in college, we'd, you know, be up late at night, uh, whatever, <laughs> and like at a party or, and someone would be like, listen, listen, listen. And it sounds like somebody mutters something and it sounds like Shug shot me. And there was this theory <laughs> that he like left a clue to how he died on his album, like all this crazy stuff. So it's like the, the Paul is dead conspiracy. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly that. Shug shot me. <laughs> That's all. And it's probably something like, uh, it started from the top or yeah. whatever. Shit was zappity. <laughs> it was like zappity. <laughs> yeah, it's just nothing. <laughs> but no, those are those are so cool. Like mm-hmm. the apocryphal, like rock and roll legends and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of the Beatles, okay, I won't, 
This is probably a worthless game, but I want you to guess what my favorite Beatles album is. Oh, I'm not going to be able to. I'm okay. going to say the White Album because that's an album I know the name of. Okay. Uh, no, because that album is terrible. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, What's so funny is that I don't know what is on the White Album. Okay, that's fair. But well, I know that everybody always talks about, ooh, the Beatles, the White Album. Well, the, the White Album has everything and nothing. Right. Because it's a double album. Oh, yeah. It has like something like 40 songs on it. Yeah. So some of them are great. Right. Blackbird is on that album. Yeah. And that's a beautiful song. Yeah. Um, but also, and not not to necessarily insult it because I like the song, but Obla Di Obla Da is on that album right. where you're like, okay. I actually love that song. But no, yeah, that song is great, but like it's not yeah. Blackbird. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then there's just a bunch of crap. Like wild honey pie, mm-hmm. and we can do it in the road. And there's something about or oh oh oh. There's a gr- it's a great title, but a terrible song. Let me mm-hmm. look it up. What's the one that just devolves into like nonsense after a while? I think that's the White Album, or it might be Let It Be, or the Magical Mystery Tour. They yeah. took a lot of drugs. Yeah, they did. <laughs> um. Oh shoot, where'd it go? It's gone forever. The White Album. Okay. Oh, um, everybody's got something to hide except me and my monkey. Oh wow. Is the name of one of those mm-hmm. songs. And like um Helter Skelter is pretty mm-hmm. good. Revolution one is good. Mm-hmm. Revolution nine is not. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. Wait, it, Revolution Nine might be the one I'm thinking of. Oh yeah, the number nine. Yeah, yeah, number yeah. That's the one where it's nonsense. Yeah, that's the nonsense one. Yeah, that's the like we're changing the world, guys. Uh-huh. No, because like there, there, there are some masterpieces on mm-hmm. that, and also back in the USSR, which I think is a hilarious song because yeah. it's a Beach Boys parody about the Soviet Union. <laughs> um, like, oh, there's such a great moment um, because they just—it's such a perfect mocking example of the Beach Boy harmonies yeah. where they're like, "Well, the East goes, goes really, ooh." Yeah, <laughs> it's just the middle back in the USSR. <laughs> it's great. Uh, but anyway, sorry. I don't think I ever knew that that's what that song was. I never really liked that song. No, it's not the best. But it's f- I bet I would enjoy it more if I know that they're mocking somebody. Oh, yeah. Um, I would play it, but I don't think no. my setup works for that. Nope. And also, I don't want to pay the Beatles. Yeah. Not that they would notice. But um, <laughs> my favorite Beatles album is Abbey Road, oh, which okay. is the last album they recorded. Mm-hmm. Not the last they released. Let It Be was released after. Mm-hmm. Um, not a great album. It's fine. Let mm. It Be is a great song. Yes, it is. Um, but Abbey Road, like, it ends with, like, a 12-minute medley of a bunch of tiny songs. Oh, you have mm. it on your phone. I do. Do you know how I got it there? Is it me? Mm-hmm. I, I do remember that, giving you a giant flash drive full yeah. of all of the Beatles music. Gave me music. all of the Beatles. All of the Beatles. I mean, that's that pretty accurate. <laughs> <Guttles>. <laughs> that's my Beatles impression. That's the only word I can say. It's <laughs> pretty good. I would like the uh, pasta primavera. <laughs> <laughs> See, th- no, that's that's the true test of a good impression is if you can order Italian food that's in so it. That's so funny. That should be. Girls, <laughs> can I have the pasta primavera? <laughs> oh, that's so good. Okay, I can't even. <laughs> Great, like old. <laughs> but um, uh, because is on that um album, oh. which is one of their most beautiful songs. Okay. And um, the Cirque du Soleil show opens with a, a, it opens with because, but with all of the instrumentation stripped out, mm-hmm. it's just the harmonies that open because, and that song is, it's stunning. Okay. Like, it's really, really cool. I'm going to have to listen to this album because I'm looking at it and I know some of the songs, but I don't know a lot of them. Uh-huh. And some of them, yeah. Oh, man. I think, I think my n- new month 
It's not even a new month. I just need to listen to more music and and like experience it again. Instead yeah, there's of some just really cool stuff in the background. Actually, listen actively. I I try to do that. like um I usually listen to podcasts in the car now. Yeah, that's what I do. But yeah, I know it's kind of like it really limits the amount of time you can listen to music. Yeah. But when the new Kesha album came out, I had listened to it already. Mm-hmm. But I was driving to Long Beach one day, and I decided to just listen to the album all the way through instead yeah. of listening to a podcast. Yeah. And it was actually really liberating. Like it was really cool. I was like, I'm listening to music. I'm yeah. doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing it, Peter. <laughs> Bangarang. What is that? That's from Hook. When he starts flying or whatever. Oh, okay. He does something, and they're like, "You're doing it, Peter." I saw Hook, maybe once, mm. maybe. Yeah, I don't think I was really paying attention. I was like six. It's it's a. I have a weird relationship with that movie where I like love it and hate it at the same time. Uh huh. Where I'm like, I watched it a million times because it was on. Yeah, and Robin Williams. Yeah, but I don't even really like him as Peter. I'm always oh, like, okay. Ugh. Pull it back a little bit. Oh, okay. It's like a little too much. Anyway. I have met the guy who played Rufio. That's right. Hook. Yeah. yeah. He was really nice. Yeah. Anyway. Um, moving right along. Yeah. Also one of the best Muppet songs. Okay. <laughs> moving right along. Yeah. Anyway. What's a, what's another album you like? Um, okay. So uh, let me get back to my little list here. Um, okay. So this I feel I'm like embarrassed to admit this. Okay, so so you have to say it. Yeah, so Alanis Morissette's first album, Jagged Little Pill. Mm-hmm. I did not like it when I was in high school. Was because she looked weird? It was the wrong kind of music. Oh and yeah, I, of course. It was like every song came out and I'd like it, and then I'd be like, I don't like it. Like it was this weird thing. And then looking back on it now, number one, this is an album that is not looked back on as like, wow, what a masterpiece. It's something that it became like a pop record. And it got so overplayed. But then when I was thinking about it, I was like, geez, this is hit after hit after hit. Mm-hmm. And they none of them sound the same. You're not like, oh, this is Alana Morissette's style. Like, she's doing all this different stuff musically. And it's really good. And then, I mean, you know, the, the first song that came out was uh, You Oughta Know. Of course. Which was this, yeah. like, angry female thing. So, you know, I've had to, I was friends with a lot of girls in high school. So I had to listen to that song a lot. And, listen to them scream and curse during the song yeah that that does not speak to high school experiences or emotions necessarily but like you feel it yeah high school girls all feel like they've been wronged by some boy because like he flirted with them once and then never called them or whatever Uh but they don't you know they don't really know what's going on and they're like i see you with her yeah so uh that and then there's i mean um uh, what's the one? One hand in my pocket is a great song. Oh, and the other ones. Uh, yeah, but she says a different thing every time. Yeah, and they're nonsense, but I love it. Um, and then and ironic. Yeah, I which, mean the true irony of it is that nothing is ironic in it. I but mean, maybe that's what she was going for. I, maybe that's what I always say. She's either it was really dumb or genius, but it's a great song. Like there's a lot of songs that are just great. They sound great, and so I was like, "Man, that's one of the song. That's one of the albums I can think of that, like, yeah, it was like hit after hit after hit." And she was so innovative, and so it was like, "Who is she? And where did she come from?" And she was on. You can't say that on television or whatever that. You can't do that on te- whatever that show was on Nickelodeon. Uh-huh. And like, it was and like, who's the guy that the song is about? I heard it's Dave Coulier, Coulier from Oh God, yeah, Full House and now Fuller House, and like, 
you know, oh, there's a lot of that. I guess she said, like she said, some of it was about him, but not all of it. Uh, I don't think you could write a whole song about yeah. Dave Cooley. <laughs> yeah, but um, but like, and in every video, you're like, wait, is that the same woman? Like, and she's beautiful, and she, you know, t- and then the thing that really killed it is she came out with another album, and it it didn't take off, and then it was like, well, bye, Alanis. <laughs> yeah, we're done with you. We're done with you, and we're all we're just gonna mock you now. And she just became a joke. And I'm like, wow, that sucks. And I I was really happy when she she did a really fun, like an Alanis Morissette version of My Humps. Oh, and okay. And it's freaking hilarious. And I recommend it. I um, have to check that out. That yeah. sounds awesome. And, and that made me like, oh, she's like self-aware enough to know that like, I'm, this is, this is my quote unquote style. Uh huh. This is what I am to people. Yeah. Um, and and she like did it in her style way over the top. It's really funny. Anyway, so that's a that's a a good album. It's a good listen. Okay. I'm cool with yeah. that. Um I'll throw out a nineties one. Or maybe it's early two thousands. Um, doesn't matter. Um it it is Songs from an American movie, volume one, Learning How to Smile by Everclear. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> which is an album that like my dad kind of brought to mm-hmm. me when I was younger and I didn't really get it. Okay. But I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. There's a song called Unemployed Boyfriend that I oh, like a lot. I don't know that one. Um, which is about, it's essentially, the song starts with a, like a voicemail message interlude of this girl talking about this guy that she met in line at the uh, like unemployment office. Mm-hmm. And she's just recounting his conversation. And then like when she starts to say what he's saying, he cuts in and he's singing what the conversation is. Oh, okay. And it's basically saying like, I've been in love with you all this time. And if like you have this other guy that you're dating and he's dumb and terrible or whatever, mm-hmm. but like, if you're with me, I'd take care of you. And it's definitely like mm-hmm. an emotional dude song, Yeah, but it's really pretty. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of tracks on that album that I really, yeah. really like. Do you know Everclear at all? Like, do you I like do. that? I um, do. I'm just, when I press the breakers. Yeah, it's Santa Monica. Like, yeah, Santa Monica. Which is not on this album, actually. Yeah, okay. But um, there's, I, I think I have a few. Um, Because my musical chase, taste changed so much as I became an adult, I went back and revisited the 90s through uh, LimeWire and downloaded. Oh, like, boy, yeah. Picked. You're like, oh, I remember that song. That's a good song. I want that. I want that. I want that. So I have like, I probably have three or four of their songs. Yeah, like there's just a lot of good stuff in that album, and because you don't know it, I'm not gonna like go into too mm-hmm. much detail about it. But it did come out in 2000. I just found that out. Mm-hmm. I will buy you a new life, father of mine. Mm-hmm. Also, none of those on that album. That's so crazy. Um, they're all on different albums, I believe. Santa Monica and Wonderful. Yeah, Wonderful so, is okay on that album. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it, like they do a cover of Brown Eyed Girl that's really good. Oh, cool. And very different. Yeah, I don't know how um, I'd feel about that. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. No, I know, but like it works. You wouldn't think it would. Um, and there's also a song called AM Radio that's very good. Mm-hmm. But I'll throw out another one. Um, okay. Just really quick, just because I know you don't care that much, but I do think Warrior by Kesha is a great album, okay. top to bottom. That's her third album, okay. the one that she made before she wasn't allowed to make music for five years. Right. Um, and I think that album was the crystallization of everything she was trying to do mm-hmm. with pop music, and I feel like she was very liberated from her kesha persona at that point yeah like she started to do a lot of like rock and roll stuff Mm -hmm. she did a song with iggy pop on that album and um 
there's just a lot of really interesting stuff. She has a couple country tracks, a couple like really big, like drum filled Peter Gabriel mm-hmm. ballads. And there's a lot of really interesting stuff on that album. And yeah. I really love it. She, she's somebody that like got lumped in with the wrong artists like uh-huh. when she came out and it was like, Oh, we get who she is. Ugh, she's annoying. And then I just heard nothing but negative things about her. Mm-hmm. And then this whole scandal broke. And then everybody was like, maybe I should pay attention to who this human being is. Honestly, that was maybe the best thing to happen to her career wise yeah. because people actually started paying attention to what she had to say. Yeah. Because Kesha's always been very smart. Mm-hmm. Her first album, her first album and, and a half mm-hmm. are vi- it's very fun music, mm-hmm. but you know, it's vapid bubblegum pop. Yeah. But it all it does have this snarky edge mm-hmm. of um, she's trying to sing about men the way that they've been singing about women mm-hmm. all these years. Yeah. So she's kind of doing this role reversal thing where she's right. like, "Shut up! I don't want to hear your name. Like, let's just make out mm-hmm. and drink some Jack Daniels or whatever." Yeah. Um, and also, she incorporates a, like she grew up in Nashville. Mm. Like her mom wrote a song for Dolly Parton. Oh wow! Like that's the world she comes from, mm-hmm. and she incorporates a lot of yodeling into mm-hmm. her music. Um, but in a like pop kind of way, mm-hmm. I don't know. She's always been very interesting, but that album is where she like kind of broke through the pop veneer and was yeah. like, Hey, look, I can do really cool things. Yeah. Um, also her new album is really good, but what's it, the, what's the lead song on that album? Praying. Praying. Okay. I hope you're somewhere praying. Oh yeah. 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 It's really good. Which is heartbreaking. It is. That is such a good song. Yeah. That song's so good. Wow. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking of it. That's yeah, a great no, song. it's it's a st- And it does not sound like what everybody no. knows of her. Yeah, exactly. And she's it's always so, had that in her. Yeah, it's all it's so full and stuff. Yeah. And that album I really, really enjoy, but I just don't think it's as consistently satisfying mm-hmm. track to track as okay. Warrior. Is there one What's the name of the album? Rainbow. Rain okay. I was like, is there a song called Rainbow? There is, but it's one of the weaker ones. Okay. That's always weird. Most title tracks are weak. Isn't that weird how people will I love it when it's like a lyric from one song. Like yeah. Jack Johnson has a has an album called Brushfire Fail- Fairy Tales, which is a very cool out al- like it's such a cool image. I I don't even I'm always like, oh wait. Not a campfire fairy, a it's brush, a brush fire. That is pretty, that is interesting. And it's a lyric from one of his songs and it's like, a, you don't even, like on, you notice it like after three months of, you're like, oh, he just said brush fire. <gasps> oh, look at that. <laughs> um, Jack Johnson is pretty cool too. <laughs> but he's one that he changed his sound. You know, he had a very particular sound. It was like acoustic, mellow. Like mm-hmm. you imagine yourself like sitting on the beach. And then he played electric guitar and people freaked out. Oh, like, yeah. That'll no. Happen. And it's like, he's allowed to do new things. I don't particularly like it as much as I like his old stuff. But no matter what he did, I wasn't going to like it as much as his old stuff. Yeah. And and he's it's not taking away that other yeah. music. Yeah. Um, that actually, maybe his first album is Brushfire Fairy Tales it should be on my list. That's a really good one. I do like him. Yeah. Yeah, the the title tracks on albums generally aren't great. Mm-hmm. They're never the strongest track. No, it's so weird. Which is weird. Yeah. So why'd you pick that one? I always think it's weird when someone names their album their name or band name. Oh yeah, that is that's so confusing too. Yeah, you're like, why? Come on. It, it to me that's like when my t- students turn in an essay and the title is essay. Like you had this moment that you uh-huh. could be creative and you just went with. Or like, 
the I mean, one of my favorite songs is In a Big Country by Big Country off the album Big Country. Oh, and it's that's like amazing. Okay, what's going on here? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh whew. anyway. Anyway, uh toss me another album, why don't you? Um let's see. I uh let's see. I'm just gonna um Well there's a couple more like nineties hip hop things. I expected no less from you. Yeah, Fuji's the score and Wyclef Jean the Carnival. Okay. Wyclef Jean the Carnival, my friend gave it to our professor who was a weirdo and pretentious and we didn't really like him. Okay. And he had this thing that he said, he was like, any of you can give me your music and I will listen to it. Was and he, he was like, was he a Beatle? <laughs> no, it was a weird impression. That wasn't even how he sounded. I'm like afraid that I'm like, he'll come after me. <laughs> um, I feel like anybody that's ever that took any of his classes know exactly who I'm talking about. But he, my friend Matt was like, I'm going to give him the carnival by Wyclef and see what he does. And then he came in and was like, attention class. <gasps> Matthew Harris has given me the carnival by Mr. Wyclef Jean. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, okay, what's happening? And he's like, it is one of the greatest albums I've ever heard. Whoa. And it actually is really incredible musically. There's all these different influences. It's not really that hip hop based. There's, you know, the the standout track is uh, st- try, um, We Trying to Stay Alive, which is his hip-hop version of Staying Alive, which oh. is great. It's great. It's just a very danceable, fun, great, like, great verses and stuff. Um, but then uh, if you listen to the album, it's, like, three albums in one. There's all this, like, reggae-influenced stuff, and then he's from Haiti, so there's a lot that's in Haitian Creole. Whoa. Like, in, like, it's nuts it's like in french and all these different languages and there's whole songs that are beautiful and you don't know what he's talking about and he has some that are just like heartbreaking he has one song called bubble goose okay <laughs> and it's all about getting shot but it's like you could you could be at the party getting loose and take a bullet in your bubble goose <laughs> it's like it's like silly and you're like what's happening but it's a fun album but it's also got like some serious stuff on it it's really good it's a really good album it and, sounds like it has a weirdly broad appeal to a bunch of different types yeah, of people too. Yeah, and he titled his next album "The Eclectic," uh, and it's very eclectic, but just not, just not the same. It's almost like he's like, "Oh, I'm trying to do the carnival again." Like, it, uh-huh. there's some really good songs on it, but it just doesn't hold up. Like the carnival, just one song after another, where you're like, "Wow, what is this?" Um, and and the Fuji's the score is really great, just like hip hop, but it's got. It's got their version of Killing Me Softly. Oh, yeah, because that was huge. Yeah, Lauren Hill singing Killing Me Softly, and it's like, whoa. And recently I was playing, I I made a mix for my students, or it's more for me, but I just was like, while we're in class, I'm going to play 90s music because they think they know the 90s and they don't. Oh, of course not. And Miguel was sitting there. He was got to work early, and he's like sitting next to me, and he's like, oh, my God. And that song came on, and we just were talking about like Lauren Hill her voice at that point in her life was so good and so pure. And then she like destroyed it by not taking care of herself. Like she, she released a live, like an unplugged album and she just sounds like garbage. And she's Mm. like, I mean, I used to think like I had to take care of my voice and like keep it perfect. But I realized like, I don't need to be perfect. I'll just sound like someone with some junk in their throat. And it's like, yeah, but now you 
sound like junk. Yeah. And she got all crazy and said weird, like racist stuff, which wasn't good. Um, but uh, yeah, stars shouldn't uh, age or yeah. keep talking. Or and actually, sh- her album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, was amazing. And it won album. It, it was one, the album that year that won every award. Mm-hmm. Like how that always, like Bruno Mars just did that, I guess, on the Grammys. Like, won every, I, I think know. so. But that album was really like, whoa, that is, it, 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 I mean, but that's bad. She was still working with Wyclef. He was a great producer. Damn. Anyway, he I, went crazy too. <laughs> I should look into that because literally the extent of my knowledge about Wyclef John is Hips Don't Lie by Shakira. Mm. <laughs> yeah, see, he he has like the hit maker side where he's trying to make hits and it just comes out like generic bubblegum. Uh-huh. But there's like a deeper side, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm into that. I will yeah. have to check that out. Like 90s R&B is definitely one of my weak points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's a really fascinating album actually. Like it goes all over the place. And also like I have like most people when they're talking about music, they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I like everything except rap and country." And it's like, oh. "Well, that's a really stupid thing to say." Yeah. But um especially knowing the uh genesis of rap like from the 80s and 90s like i have so much respect for those artists yeah but i don't know a ton about them yeah i just know the basics i mean yeah i could i could make you a little mix or something yeah that'd be cool i'll i can i made a mix on my phone for jack to like because he was he thought he was into rap he was listening to some doofus on youtube this like little kid that i forget what he's called but it's just awful it's like you told me to do all my chores. And it's like, it's like, mom, you're so mean to me. It's so bad. Okay. So and, it is a kid. Yeah. It's a little kid. Okay. It's awful. And he was like learning all the lyrics. And I was like, this isn't acceptable. This isn't rap. I'm going to show you real rap. And I like, it had like, mama said, knock you out by LL Cool J. So now uh-huh. that's the only one he wants to li- He's like, can we listen to the knock you out song? I'm like, <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you, you, I mean, Rap and R and B or rap and hip hop have turned into like weird pop. It's not the same, and yeah, especially it, it, now the like trap music, whatever that is, the the mm-hmm. thing where they're like half singing, half rapping. Most of them suck. Anyway, yeah, it, it, it's definitely changed, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. I'll give you some uh, good stuff. What else? So did one from the nineties, did one from the seventies, mm-hmm. did one from the nows. So I'm gonna do one from the eighties, which Sounds is good. really where my music sensibilities lie most of yeah, the time. It does. But that album is She's So Unusual by Cyndi Lauper, oh, which wow. is one of the best pop albums mm-hmm. ever recorded. Well, because literally, look, it has Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Yep. It has Time After Time. Great song. Which I do think is beautiful. the masterpiece of 80s pop. It's beautiful. It yeah. should play at every wedding ever. Mm-hmm. And it does mm-hmm. because it's perfect. Yeah. Um, but also, I... Does it have True Colors on it? That one, no. True okay. Colors is not on there. I really um, love that song, too. I mean, she has a lot of great music. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, a couple of years ago at this point in Long Beach, uh, we just happened across this uh, garage sale this girl was having because she's moving to New York or something. Mm-hmm. Not that it matters. But it was she was nice. Um, and she turned out to be Cindy Lauper? Yes. <laughs> no, I, I bought a CD of mm-hmm. She's So Unusual from yeah. that garage sale. And I actually that was the first time I listened to it all the way through. Mm-hmm. All of it's great. Mm-hmm. Um the opening track, Money Changes Everything. That's a great song. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does a cover of the Prince song. Um, oh, what's it called? Um, when You Were Mine. Oh, yeah. Like, when you were mine, I gave you all my money. Mm-hmm. 
And honestly, I like it better than the Prince mm. version. Mm-hmm. Um, but also... That happens sometimes with Prince songs. Like, they're really good, but his... Like, nothing compares to you by yeah. Connor. Her version is way better than his. I don't... I don't his songs are great, but very long also. Uh-huh. Um, well, he, sometimes, I mean, he, he fills them up sometimes too much. Sometimes somebody needs to come in and be like, let's take a few of these instruments out. Mm-hmm. You've got a whole orchestra going. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so this cover's really great. Yeah. And also she kind of turned it into a bisexual anthem because she didn't change any of the pronouns. Mm. Um, so she's singing from the Prince perspective mm-hmm. about like this lady that she was dating who's now with another guy. Or, right. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's some implicate because it's, it's a kind of a vague song. So mm-hmm. there's implications that either she was dating a guy who's now with another guy mm-hmm. or she was dating a girl. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a, it's like gender queer in a very like right. radical way for the early 80s. Well, here's the thing about the 80s. The 80s were all about that. Yeah. It was weird. We like went all through that and then we got very not that. Um, but I mean, boy, George. Yep. Boy George was part of my childhood. And like, it was weird because he eventually came out and people were like, what? He's gay? And I was like, what? Like for a long time, people thought he was a girl. What are we doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, stuff like like the Pet Shop Boys and mm-hmm. Erasure and mm-hmm. Yaz mm-hmm. and like a lot of like these really- George Michael. Yep. I mean, granted, he made every video about him and a pretty girl, but- Look, it's- you have to yeah. you have to play the game. Yeah. But also people weren't super hiding. Yeah. Um but yeah, also Yaz only you. That song is great. Joshua Redden did a cover of it. Yes. That's on your yes. soundtrack that, is that you a made. Great song. Yeah. Um but yeah, so she's so unusual. Just really mm-hmm. great album. There are two songs that I think are duds, mm-hmm. but everything else is like mm-hmm. beautiful sparkling diamond. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. So, do you have any? Do you have more? To yeah. Share? Oh, albums? To share with the no, class? I don't no. have any albums. Okay, then I'll run through the rest of the ones I wrote down really quick. Um, Give up by the Postal Service, okay. which is basically their only album. Yeah, and it's great, great album. Yeah. Um, I think that's all the ones that I wrote down that you would know. The mm-hmm. other ones I kind of sequestered because I was like, no, there's no reason to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, um, two albums I want to throw my chips down on in defending. Uh, Astro Lounge by Smash Mouth. That's okay. a fun album. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. I don't know why they ended up... I feel like it's because they kind of look like Guy Fieri. I don't know what Yeah, there was a weird thing I going mean, on Yeah, them, they came but... out, they had a different sound, and then all their songs sound the same, so it became a thing. But I enjoyed a lot of their music. Uh-huh. And that whole album's really fun. Like, There's yeah. an album about aliens coming down, and mm-hmm. like people are running out of the movie theater like in The Blob, and it's just mm-hmm. very fun. Um, and also... <laughs> This is where my bubblegum sensibilities betray me, mm-hmm. and I don't want you to disrespect everything off of the rest of it. And I think I've already talked about it, but I really do like Paris Hilton's self-titled album, Paris. Really? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, Here's the thing. It's produced by somebody. Um, I don't know. Let me look. Was it Wyclef Jean? No. It's, the producer is actually somebody that was on The Surreal Life, and she used to be in a band, like a famous girl band, maybe The Bangles. Oh. Someone like that from the 80s, and then she produced Paris Hilton's album. Okay, I will look at this. But I do know uh, one fun fact mm-hmm. on the Paris Hilton song. Uh, oh, shoot. Oh, Nothing in This World. Mm-hmm. Um, Kesha sings the backing vocals on that track. Um, <laughs> I think the problem with Paris Hilton's album is that uh, anybody 
like you could put anybody in her place and you wouldn't necessarily notice the like she's no, that's just true she's so everything is so over the top of her to hide that she's not really singing much yeah no i i, I wouldn't say that paris hilton is the reason yeah. for the album but the people that contributed she to probably, it probably she probably spent a lot of money hiring really great people to make really great music for her to whisper under yeah let me see <laughs> Fernando Garibay, J.R. Rodham, Greg mm-hmm. Wells. There's a bunch of producers. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Cara Diaguardi from American Idol. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing someone like you were okay. saying, I don't think. I feel like, because I remember it was like, what are you up to now? And she's like, actually, I'm helping Paris Hilton with her album. Yeah. So no, like Maybe I, she was writing songs. I don't know. I don't know. She had a lot of like talented hit makers yeah. giving her stuff to do. But yeah. also, one thing I do think is interesting about the album is Mm -hmm. that well because you know every dumb fake celebrity has an album at this point Mm -hmm. heidi montag from the hills made an album all the real housewives have singles and things like that that. so weird such a weird time yeah it was but uh, that album failed hilariously Mm -hmm. but um paris hilton's album was made before autotune was really in vogue for Mm non-celebrities that were fake musicians yep so she's actually singing Mm -hmm. she is heavily filtered yeah but she's actually doing it yeah and i do halfway respect that mm-hmm. because they weren't cheating yeah exactly they're they sorted it they're but... massaging it and they're yeah. slathering it in butter and yeah ketchup and disguising the flavor of it but it's a fun album you know what's funny sometimes i try to think like what defined pop culture wise what defined last decade like the 2000s or like the, the what 2000s we're in okay and that's what it was. It was that her it was her and all the people that in her orbit in her orbit. And then the Kardashians have managed to last this long. But Paris Hilton was a huge deal. And then and she's like a cultural touchstone that nobody really remembers. But she was at the heart of so many things. Yeah, I, I knew so much about her. I never yeah. watched The Simple Life. Yeah. I hadn't listened to her album until after yeah. like a decade after it came out. But like. Everyone had jokes up their sleeve about yeah. her nose job yeah. or the sex tape or like yeah. any one of her million scandals mm-hmm. or whatever. Like she was a zeitgeist mm-hmm. phenomenon yeah. for better or for worse. Yeah. But it's that was that very much represents that last decade was like because it was pre housing market collapse kind of. Uh-huh. And so everybody at that point was like, everybody's rich and rich is good and rich, 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 rich. Uh-huh. And we, it's kind of held over in some, in some ways, like the, our weird celebrity obsession and like wealth obsession. But we also have a, li- you know, it's, it's a little bit like how the 80s were just so glamorous. And then the 90s, we were so grungy and angry. Uh-huh. And then we went back. And that's how I always felt during that decade. I was like, oh, God, the 80s came back. Like it's so the, glitzy. Like, yeah, but like the worst part of the 80s, like just everybody's focused on wealth and material things. And, ugh. and that was what was really weird about the evolution of hip hop was it was all about saying life is hard. Yeah. And people live hard and things are hard. And then all of a sudden Puff Daddy was like, mo money, mo problems, y'all. Yeah. And it was like, what's happening? And then everybody just went, well, that's what we're going to. Every video turned into like every rap video was that weird like black floor like a black room with kind of mirrored looking uh-huh. wearing like a shiny suit and a million chains and dancing yeah it's like i got stacks about, on stacks on stacks yeah and talking about how many cars you have 
Yeah. Uh, like, that's the predominant thing in rap even now. Like, yeah. there's a song like, I woke up in a new Bugatti. And it's like, yeah. really, uh, branding has survived in yeah. rap music more than anything else. But, like, Kendrick Lamar isn't rapping about that. And, no, and that's why people And like Chance him. the Rapper isn't. Like, those guys are cool. I, I feel like I can't even access Kendrick Lamar he's so deep I'm like I need to, that's another one I need to really listen to mm-hmm. and Chance it's, the Rapper Chance the Rapper I don't even I can't even get to his music because it's only on SoundCloud what <laughs> he doesn't release it like you can't buy it it's only oh. on free things but I don't want to like I don't like listening to stuff on SoundCloud I don't like yeah the way it works. and like I guess there's it's on probably on title yeah, there's a couple other things, but I don't use. Oh, it's on uh, Spotify, and I don't use Spotify because oh, okay. I don't understand it because I'm old. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, is he kind of funny in a way, like, or at least not yeah. funny, but like winking or ironic? He's in some got way? some fun little cute things. He has a really great album. Oh, that's one that I should have mentioned. Donnie Trumpet and the Social Experiment Ooh. is actually Chance Rapper, Chance the Rapper, and like a jazz quartet or something okay and it's really great fusion of like hip-hop and and r&b and jazz and he's got um sunday candy i've been I'd... waiting for you my whole week okay anyway you're my sunday candy but he has the whole album is like good but it's the kind of thing that i haven't really i need to delve it devoted the time to yeah i need to listen to it um yeah, I don't. I was I was thinking about him. Well, because like he uh, hosted SNL at one mm-hmm. point, and I've seen him in commercials. And I'm not super familiar with his music, but I was really thinking about it, and I was like, Chance the Rapper is a really funny name mm-hmm. to choose. Yeah, for being a rapper, like it's it's kind of playful mm-hmm. and silly. And I was like, I think I like him. He's super talented. There's a um. Have you ever? What's it from? Is it NPR? where they do little mini concerts, but it's like in their office, in the office space they have. Uh, Yeah, I think so. Okay, you should, I forget what it's called. It's got a title and they do it with a bunch of different artists. His is really good. Okay, cool. Yeah, and he's like, he's very likable. He's got a great just way about it. He's like charming. And and then at one point he's like, this is a poem I wrote this morning and I'm just gonna perform it. And you're oh. like, whoa, dude. I don't know, I like the poem, but uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, I'm ballsy. Hey, way to go. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it for my okay. album thing. Ugh, there's a couple. Uh, no, it's fine. Oh, damn, um, it, there's so many other things I wanted to talk about besides music. It's all right. No, it's like, uh, look, we have the, we, we have, have the next two weeks or in two weeks we yeah. don't have a plan for what we're yeah. talking about. Here, well, this is sort of music related. Can I okay. bring up a new topic? Sure. The Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, yeah. What was your feeling about it? I didn't watch it. Okay. I was at work. Okay. Um, kind of pointedly, but I right. was at work. Yeah. Um, like, I was very happy to work on Super Bowl Sunday because yeah. I am not going to work on Oscars Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I will take this from someone mm-hmm. who wants to be yeah. out of, like, at home. Yeah. Um, okay. I did hear it sort of in the background because it was playing mm-hmm. at work, but I, w- I was busy. Okay. Uh, we just sat there and we're like, damn, he's had so many great songs. Listen to all these songs. We were talking about how much we enjoyed it so much that I didn't even hear it. And I heard that it didn't sound great because the mix was weird, which I can't imagine is easy to like play a live concert on TV. Yeah. Because it's got to be two different audio things. Oh, happening. for sure. Um, and people were like, uh, it was fine. It was meh. And I was like, 
you're you're saying that because he wasn't prince or whatever like prince's show was great but that's prince like you can't be like well justin timberlake isn't prince like mm-hmm. you can't. and also i thought he did a great job i thought it was really cool the way it was staged it started like it looked like he was in a nightclub but he was under the field or something like i don't know where he was okay and it was all these like changes in the venue he just kept going different places and then he ended up in the stands and it was cool and She's like, man, what a performer. That what sounds a- fun. Yeah, it was really fun. And then, of course, everybody crapped on it because the internet and everyone. Well, I mean, yeah, that's how everything works. I mean, there's expectations that are mm-hmm. either thwarted yeah. or like a self-fulfilling prophecy where they're like, oh, I expect it to suck, so it will. Yeah. And also, there's a thing that we talked about last week with three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, mm-hmm. which is that people have a lot of moral arguments on the quality of an artistic work. Yeah. Well, because Justin Timberlake's kind of not doing great with all the like me too stuff because people are mad that he hasn't apologized for being in Woody Allen's new film, Oh, which he doesn't need to. What? They're trying to get everyone who's ever worked with Woody Allen to apologize, which is a crazy thing to do. You don't have to, he has to apologize. No, I know, it, but but people are ready to not like him yeah. for that. And also, he did make a very tone-deaf tweet about how hot his wife looked in her, like, Me Too pin or something. And oh. it's like, okay, you don't get it. Yeah. But, um, so yeah. so people, he's he's not in a good place in the, like, I see. social justice warrior scene that I yeah, 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 can yeah. see. Yeah. Um, so those people were prepared to hate it, and they did. Yeah. And then other people were like, it's going to be great. And then they're like, oh, it was only okay. Yeah. So I hate it. <laughs> But it's a, a Super Bowl halftime show, which literally has never been great. Everybody thinks back and it's like, oh, that was so great. But it's you do the same thing that we did. You sit there and you talk over it, how great it is. Yeah. And if you do that, then you really enjoy it. If you sit there and actually listen and watch, it's like a mediocre concert because yeah. they pay people to be there on the field. Like those are extras. Yeah. Like they, the artists probably can't hear themselves at all. It's a crazy venue to be playing. They have to set up in like five minutes. And yeah. Take it it's like, it's, it's not designed to be uh-uh. it's a, a stupid idea. It's a stupid idea. And people do an amazing job of executing it. And I don't know that I've ever watched a Super Bowl halftime show that I hated. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it every time because I just go, wow, that's amazing. What fun music. But people crap on it. Uh, I listen to a radio show. It's the only radio I listen to. It's, uh-huh. it's actually a Bay Area sports station. And the two guys that host the morning show, they are so tone deaf to their old white guyness. Uh huh. They just everything always comes back. Whenever they make a musical reference, it's Springsteen, and oh. like and and like they think they're hip and cool talking about Prince. I'm like Prince. Sad that he died, but when was his last great album? Before the '90s, probably. Yeah. Like we can't. You can't just live in the '80s and be like nothing else is good. Springsteen, you two, Prince, like. They went that way with the halftime shows because Janet Jackson's boob fell out. Uh-huh. And they were like, we'll go safe. And and it was like, everybody was like, oh, it's so great. But it was kind of like, I mean, this is the most relevant person we can come up with. This was actually somebody, I mean, Bruno Mars, I thought his was great. His halftime show was great. Um, and it was like, it's nice to have like somebody, oh, they are releasing an album. Let's listen to it. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it's that same, that like expectation outside influences to, like what do you expect him to do <laughs> yeah and he was singing the whole time so yeah he couldn't really go full out dancing because it would have sounded like crap yeah that's how it works if you want to if you want him to sing live he can't do a super great dancing show because i've 
seen that with people do it and it, it the music sounds bad and that's fine anyway. yeah i don't know my, my moment of that was um the like the thing that exploded in my world was that they announced the new cloverfield movie during the commercials oh, yeah. of the super bowl and that movie dropped the second the game ended on netflix you're right so like it got announced and released in the same day which yeah. is like unprecedented for movies although in music it's been happening more and more so it's kind of the thing that's happening now yeah but um instantly i saw like i have an app called letterbox where people like uh put in their like movie diary or movies yeah. they watch every day and like they rate it and they mm-hmm. can write a little review and so suddenly everyone i follow on letterboxd watched the cloverfield paradox yeah and they all hated it yeah because they were like holy crap, it's coming. And then when it was only okay, they were like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And it's like, no, it is a fine, I watched it, it a couple days okay. later. It was yeah, good. It, it was, was only okay, but it was good. It wasn't the bad. No, it was enjoyable. Yeah. And It's either an A++ or an F. There's yeah. no in between. No one can be like, it was fine, it was good. No one's allowed to say that anymore. Uh-huh. I hate it, it's the worst. It's like, stop. And that's why I hate, that's why I hate, I mean, I know you kind of are a critic in your own way, but I hate, that everybody is a critic thing where it's like, you know, like going on Yelp and that uh-huh. they give a restaurant one star, which to me is like, they need to have spit in your food and, and yeah. cursed at you to give a restaurant one star. And they're like, it took forever for the waitress to give me water. And I'm like, actually it's not the waitress's job to get you your water. It's the busboy's job. And it was super busy, wasn't it? Yeah. And so maybe the busboy was running around like with it, like you couldn't get your water. You're, you're going to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, that's the, not that, a one star review. No, it's not. You gotta like you the gotta sauce was think too about oily. the ratings that you yeah. use, and people are too emotional about it. Yeah. The the sauce was too oily. And you're like, what is that even? That like, everything was greasy. It's like it's a pizza place. What are you like? Yeah, what the I, hell, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, so that's a problem. But yeah, the new Cloverfield movie's not great. Right, it wasn't going to be. Yeah, the first but, Cloverfield movie wasn't great. I remember liking it, but I haven't seen it's it good. since it came out. It's good, but. There were a bunch of people that hated it too because they were yeah. like, eh, it didn't do what I wanted it to do. This is actually a topic I wanted to bring up, Star Wars. Okay. Oh, the backlash against that? Yeah. Because it wasn't what people wanted it to be. Well, yeah, guess what? People watched it a whole bunch of times. Yeah. And it was really good. And uh, this weird, okay, so I have a couple things. The like, it did, like, they, that's not what the force does. Okay, no, who cares? Also, what, it, it's freaking fictional. I almost swore. That's the closest I've come <laughs> to swearing on the podcast. It's fictional. There's no force. That's not real. And also, one of my one of my students pointed it out perfectly today. He was like, you know, when Empire Strikes Back came out, did people say, you can't lift an X-Wing with the force? No. You yeah, just went, whoa, you can do that with the force? Also, they introduced force lightning in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Which that was the new. third one. Yeah. Like, every, every movie, there's a new thing you can do with the force. There's always new information. But then when someone uses it and like Princess Leia. Or when Lair, a woman uses it. When a woman uses it. I mean, I remember I was like, oh, I don't love this. But I wasn't like, this makes the movie bad. No, it's like it looked stupid. Yes. It was a very silly thing to put in the movie. Yeah. But the act of it is not against Star Wars. Yeah. If Okay. So she's in zero gravity. The whole thing about the forces, you can like pull things to you. She was pulling the ship to her. So she moved. Yeah. It was no. It makes sense. Yeah, what it's didn't just, make sense was the ability to live in space that long or whatever. And I don't care. Yeah. Also, uh, explosions don't happen in space. Yeah, like all this whole, space stuff. It's yeah. like whatever the force. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then like 
people saying like also, it goes against the canon and i'm like what it, you mean some novels some nerds wrote which 20 the, years ago the disney films have officially disowned yeah <laughs> but also like there is an open bottom bomber ship in the opening scene and that's not how space works yeah and they yeah. literally drop bombs out of it and that's not how space works no but no none one of cares. Is, none of it is how space works. Maybe yeah. they have technology in those little bombs that make them do what they say to do. Yeah, whatever. It's just like, it's literally it's World War II filmmaking mm-hmm. aerial dogfights put in space. Yeah, and it's no cool. one's complained about just, it before. Just deal with it. Uh, yeah, the idea that you can like shoot anything in a straight line and it won't just like float away in space. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, let's shoot at that ship in space. It would go like <laughs> yeah, like, it or get pulled towards a planet or whatever. Who knows? Um, the other thing, uh, oh, so it was like, oh, what? Spoilers. Spoilers, everybody. Spoilers. Deal with it. You've seen it. You've seen it. Ray's parents aren't anything. Uh, so That's it's like awesome. I think it's amazing. If it if that's how it like does turn out, because yeah. I think they still have to open that they could yeah. make it someone if they want to. Because he just told her that. Yeah. But also, like, what a great, and the whole point of it was, I love that there was like this meta message, which was let go of the past. Yeah. Let go of the past. Stop. And everything isn't black and white. Like uh-huh. that was the point of the movie was like good isn't necessarily always good and evil isn't always necessarily always evil. Like, And we've got our two main characters now are in the gray area a little uh-huh. bit. And like we kind of like Kylo Ren, but then we kind of hate him. And Ray went evil that one time or whatever, like went right to the bad. Like uh-huh. whatever. Or- I just every moment of that movie, I was like, I'm in. I'm in. Except the little force flying and I don't care. Yeah, that's not. It's not it ruining the movie. It Doesn't ruin the movie. You just like it takes you out for a second. And you go, uh, you know what happened? I heard the internet screaming in my head, and if I had, if the internet didn't exist, I probably would have been fine with it. I probably would have been cheering. But I'm like, oh, all the nerds are gonna hate this. Uh huh. I didn't hate it. I was like, wow, oh, that makes sense. She's yeah. got the force. She's powerful. She's Leia. She's yeah. got this untapped yeah, exactly. ability. That's awesome. That's a good reveal. Yeah. And it. Yeah, it's very. Yeah, no, no, no. That's yeah. cool. And because I didn't love the new, excuse me, I didn't love the new Star Wars mm-hmm. mainly because, like, for me, like the central chase thing was like such a slow speed, and I was like, why is this? Why yeah. is this an hour and it's so nothing's happening? Yeah, like the that for me was my hang up, mm-hmm. which I think is a fair hang up, and not mm-hmm. like oh women oh the mm-hmm. force whatever. But also, so much of that movie was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So much of it was like silly and fun in the way that Star yeah. Wars movies were started off and are supposed to yeah. be like and the um, prequels were not yeah like the <laughs> and even one of the scenes that a lot of people hate when um luke is milking that weird sea oh cow. my god i freaking loved that That scene's hilarious it's so funny when he just stares at her while he's doing it and he's like yeah this is how i get this stuff yeah it's great it's and so it's also funny. solving a mystery of what is the blue milk from yeah from no. the first movie it's great and it yeah. should be a giant sea cow that's also looking at her like yeah yeah. A, I'm a little embarrassed about this. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it's such a like. Yeah. I'm so glad they included that scene. Yeah, but yeah, no, it, it, it was a good movie. I didn't love it. Like I, I really loved the Force Awakens. I know, and I liked this one. I loved this just as much. The yeah. only my only my only issue was which I I've heard complaints about is that whole like going to S- space Monaco. I like that place too. But the fact that it like was this whole thing and then it didn't actually lead to anything. Yeah, well, but I had a student that pointed out, no, it led to something because that kid at the end used the force. Yeah, and it was like, oh, that's cool. I mean, it serviced the whole theme of everything mm-hmm. and introduced you to 
more yeah. of the wider world. And that's what I wanted, especially because if they just stayed in that holding pattern and mm-hmm. everyone was there doing nothing, yeah. that'd be so boring. Yeah. But also, I don't know, like narratively, that's not so satisfying. Yeah. But also, sometimes stuff doesn't work out, mm-hmm. especially in a war. Yeah. Like, I like. I mean, I just like. I I liked. It. I really liked everything about it. I, I I think we saw it twice. Did we see it twice? I think we did. That's great. Yeah. I and we. I enjoyed it both times, and I I had no problem with it. And I was like, you know what? I okay, that's great. There's criticism. It's also a freaking Star Wars movie. Like, I don't know. I don't. I really don't know why people hold it up the way they hold it up. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of that nostalgia thing. But like back when I was a kid, it was really, imp- and like I love the this. I they Disneyfied it. In what way? Yeah, I don't know. The main character died. <laughs> like, yeah, like, whatever. <laughs> and um, like, and big things weren't solved. Like, wh- that's not Disneyfying it. That wasn't Disneyfied. Like, anyway, I do want to say one more thing about movies before we wrap up. Go ahead. And I have now officially, for the first time in my life, seen all the movies nominated for Best Picture. Oh, cool. In the year. Yeah. Um, what's the best one? Lady Bird. Cool. Um, we did talk, like, we talked about that, like, mm-hmm. that was my favorite, but I don't necessarily want it to win, but, mm-hmm. like, it totally deserves it. Yeah. But, yeah, like, the top, the ones that are, like, good mm-hmm. to check out, Lady Bird, um, The Shape of Water, Get Out, and actually kind of, like, Dunkirk. Okay. I'm, I'm not a fan of war movies. Right. But it was very beautiful. The, like... I like war movies, so I'll probably enjoy okay, it. Okay, yeah. And the sound design was awesome, mm-hmm. and it was cool. Movies to, to miss. Mm-hmm. The Post with, you know, Tom Hanks mm-hmm. and Meryl Streep. And yeah. It was unbearable. Is it really? It was so boring. Yeah. And also, Tom Hanks is just doing an old-timey newscaster voice the whole time. Like, yeah, we got to save the paper. See? Yeah, it's an- is it another Boston accent? He's not good with those. I don't know. I don't think it's... Bo- like, li- I literally think it's... He's mm. an old-timey newspaper man. Like, from yeah. the 20s. Yeah. See, I, Tom Hanks can do no wrong for me even when he's bad i'm like i still like it no he's still like good but yeah. it's just a weird register that i did yeah. not like yeah and i i feel i just feel like it that movie's asleep like yeah. it, it's it's it, it, all the people involved can do this mm-hmm. with two hands tied behind their backs yeah and they do they don't push themselves yeah and ooh, uh darkest hour i did see that the gary oldman winston churchill movie so funny where he puts on some prosthetics and yells at people mm-hmm. a whole bunch <laughs> and weirdly enough major plot point in the movie is him deciding to evacuate the troops at Dunkirk. Oh my God. So it was like fan fiction for the other side of yeah, Dunkirk. It was funny. very strange. That's funny. Um, yeah. So that was bizarre and Dunkirk was much better. Oh good. Anyway, well, so that's my report. Okay. I feel like I, Oh, I had a question for you. Okay. How do we make the best picture? How do we fix best picture category? I don't know if it can be fixed. Here's it my thought. It is what it is. Here's my thought. So they have the 10 available openings. Yes. But the minimum is five. Correct. I think it should be however many best pictures we think there were. That's how many there are. Three this year? Fine. You know? Uh-huh. Like, I that's just... That's how... Literally, it used to be three, like, in the yeah. 20s. Yeah. Well, actually, for a long time, it was like, it varied every year. And so they were like, we're going to make it five. And then recently they i read a whole article that was really cool and the whole the point of the article was what i've been thinking which was the point of expanding it to 10 was so that like 
they could incorporate things that were a little more commercial and a little more fun uh-huh. to watch, and that and the would... stuff that the people who want to watch the telecast but don't don't want to yes. watch three billboards outside of Missouri exactly and they'll so, know about and and then they did they haven't done that they just it's all it's like some of the movies are really great but they're not movies that people went to see uh huh and that's a real it's a real bummer when because I I haven't seen any of them and yeah and I mean that's, that's how like Get Out is there is yes. what that is yeah but no, nothing else was super wide I don't right. think. It just is, it's a weird thing. So I, I, that was my theory. It was like, they should just be like, there's four this year. Sorry. <laughs> oh, this year there's 12. I don't know why. Like, yeah. It's a good no, movie. that would be better for me, honestly, because mm-hmm. uh, I just, I always want to watch all the Oscar movies, but I'm usually tripped up by one of them where I'm like, nope, not watching that yeah. one. But this year I, I have movie pass, so I got to see them for free. So yeah. I was like, fine, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. But I had to sit through some real lame movies. Yeah. you Have you ever walked out of a movie? Oh, I've walked out of two. I want to hear what those are. Well, I think what are they? Okay, so the two I walked out of it wasn't because of like I hate this movie. Uh-huh. I couldn't handle it at the time. So the first one was, um, oh damn it. Uh, it's a uh, it's a remake, and every wrong movie is jumping in my head right now, and I can't remember it. It's a remake with Robert De Niro. Cape Fear. Cape Fear, thank you. I just point break wouldn't get out of the way. <laughs> um, Cape Fear. And there's a scene where he bites a woman's cheek off. And Ooh. I was like, I literally said, I was like, I can't watch this. That freaked me out. I was like, I don't like this. I also, I've since tried to revisit it. I hate that movie. Oh. I hate De Niro in that movie. I think it's so over the top and stupid and like not real. And everybody's like, oh, he's so great. And I'm like, nope. No, he's, it's bizarre and stupid and i hate the way it's shot and i hate the way like they make juliette lewis like all she's like eh, like i can't deal with it i'm just like oh this is so gross and i'm not a nick nolte fan um uh-huh and it, who's the wife is it susan sarandon i don't know it's like a bunch of people i don't really like in a movie all together <laughs> um i just didn't but the other one was outbreak oh was that just too much for you? I We were sitting there and my dad started to freak out because we were in a crowded movie theater and they have the scene where the guy coughs on the plane. And oh, goes up and the, yeah. And my dad was like, oh, and he's like, oh, God, I don't know about this. And I was, I think a girl had just broken up with me or something. Else, so I was like depressed. And I was just like, this isn't the right movie. And I was like, can we go? And he's like, yeah, I don't want to stay. So we left. It's the only time I've ever walked out of a movie. Okay. Um, I don't think I have. Mm-hmm. Um. I did. I very rarely fall asleep during movies either, mm-hmm. but I did fall asleep during Oz the Great and Powerful. Oh, okay. Um, it wasn't the worst movie. I was I, mainly just really tired. I've fallen um, asleep several times in movies that I was enjoying. Yeah, but I mean, that can happen. Sometimes when you're a single parent, sleep just hits you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was back when I used to work at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was a, like, 7 p.m. screening, yeah. so I was, goodbye. Yeah. But... I've definitely turned off movies on DVD, although that's easier to do because mm-hmm. you didn't pay like $15 for it or whatever. Yeah. But um, I usually can commit. But mm-hmm. uh, one similar to Outbreak, mm-hmm. I tried to watch uh, Last Holiday with Queen Latifah, mm. um, okay. which is a movie about her finding out she has like a terrible brain disease that's yeah. going to kill her. And she's going to like she has to like she's trying to live up her time while she's kind of like a bucket list that kind of thing right? yeah like how's she gonna spend her last days yeah uh-huh. i assume at the end of that movie she finds out she's fine because i don't think they're gonna kill queen latifah at the end yeah. of that movie but i did not finish it because 
I was like still awaiting MRI results when I was watching that movie and I was like, yeah, I can't do this. That's a terrible idea. Yeah. It's weird though. Well, sometimes like a movie will hit you so hard. Like Outbreak, there's no love story, but I was just depressed enough to be like, I don't want to watch this. Uh huh. And then I watched it again. I think I might have even watched it on a plane, which is even stupider. Oh God. And I loved it. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's scary as hell. Yes, it is. Also, um, well, first of all, I have a cousin whose name is Casey, and he's named after one of the characters in Outbreak, which is mm. awesome. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to say? Ooh, I had an experience like that watching Contagion. Mm. I was like, I finished it, and it was good, but I was like, I'm never watching this movie again. Yeah. It was too much for me. Um, the, <laughs> I, I think I talked about this a long time ago, but the first Jurassic Park, I kind of wanted to leave because I was so scared. That movie's intense. My, I in the parking lot, I was still shaking it off. And what year was that? Ninety three. Ninety three. So I was thirteen, fourteen years old. So I was like early teens, uh-huh. not quite tough enough yet. Saw it with my mom, who has like, if you're seeing a scary movie and you want to jump, see it with my mom because she jumps so much it makes you jump. Uh huh. But it was like watching it in three D or four D or something. Like the person next to me was jumping at uh-huh. me. So I just kept jumping uh, and I'm like, oh God. So I remember getting to the parking lot and I was like, oh my God, I'm still shaking. Like, oh. I loved it though. I was so glad I stayed through it. But yeah. I remember there were points where I was like, I don't know if I can take this. Like, oh my God. Uh. It was the same feeling I have after I get off a ro- I hate roller coasters. And oh, like yeah, after I get off a roller coaster where I'm like, okay, I'm alive. I'm alive. Uh, I never want to do that again. <laughs> it was that same feeling. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's a great review of Jurassic Park, honestly. Yeah. It was I so scary. It was so scary for me. But I, I think if I had seen it with anyone else in the world, it might have been like a half as scary. But it was just the fact she jumped so much. Uh-huh. I mean, my mom, my stepdad, my late stepdad was very loud and would often like bang on a table when he was uh-huh. laughing. And, and my mom would jump and be like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> so sometimes dinner, that would happen. Everybody had to end up jumping at the dinner table. Like, oh, God. Uh. <laughs> and and uh, like my stepdad would do things like, oh. Like he'd make these big loud noises oh, yeah. and she would, oh, why do you do that? You know, I can't handle it. <laughs> so yeah, watching Jurassic Park where there's oh, constantly man. something jumping out at you. It's not even that many. And then what's funny is I saw the second Jurassic Park and I was like, this is boring. Oh but yeah. I think it's because part of it was. Because it's a boring movie. Uh, yeah. But also my mom wasn't sitting next to me. It was my uh-huh. friend and he wasn't jumping. <laughs> and we were like, it didn't scare us at all. This is dumb. <laughs> That's too bad. <laughs> it wasn't oh. a dumb movie though. <sighs> yeah. Um, did you see Paddington 2 yet? I did. Okay, great. Oh my god, I was so good. Okay, good. <laughs> and I love Hugh Grant even more. He's so funny in it. Uh huh. I mean, I'm I, I'm not willing to throw away Nicole Nicole Kidman like that. Oh, because why, why does it have to be a comparison? Well, I thought you said I I thought you were kind of implying a comparison. But no, okay. no, I love Hugh Grant even more than I did before. Oh, okay. I thought you meant more than Nicole Kidman. No, 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 no. Excuse you. No, but no, he's. That's the so only, good. That's the only time I've ever enjoyed a Nicole Kidman performance, because mm. <laughs> she's actually like fun. Yeah, funny. she's so fun. She's but not Hugh Grant like, is also great. Oh my god! Like in a totally different register, mm-hmm. so there's not even like worth comparing the two performances. Yeah, but oh, so little of his Hugh Grant shtick that people are irritated by. Which, by the way, uh, again, back to like the art. It's like the band playing you know the same music and you're yeah like, i don't like this now you already did it once and it's like well he's in a romantic comedy he's gonna do the same things yeah in the last one i he, now here's my thing about hugh grant i've heard he's like a, he really is like a craftsman about 
comedy uh-huh. and w- is like a perfectionist, which is why he keeps retiring, I think, because I think it takes a lot out of him. Oh. And he's so hard on himself. But his when he's doing a comedy, I mean, he's been in bad movies and I think he's brilliant in. Um, and God, was he funny in that. And all the different things that I that he did he's never done before all those different mm-hmm. characters he was playing and yeah that that must have been so fun for him oh he's my God. basically him putting on a one man show yeah and getting and to show off that he's not just the guy that's like yeah and um i thought Sally Hawkins was incredible in oh, Paddington yeah, too great. i i did, I did a, I did a tweet mm-hmm. um about she, like she deserves to be nominated for oscars for that movie she mm-hmm. won't because no. the oscars aren't fun right but she was so funny yeah and it was still so sweet and charming yeah and just devastating as well Mm -hmm. like there's even like i i heard that i was supposed to cry during this movie and i don't think i cried during the part that's supposed to make you cry Mm -hmm. not not that that's a like badge of honor or anything yeah but there like a part early on where i was like oh no i know what's going to happen Mm -hmm. and i'm already like weeping about this Mm -hmm. like there's it's in the first like 15 minutes um so i'm just gonna talk about it it's fine but um spoilers yeah spoilers i guess it's paddington too yeah paddington's aunt um always wanted to visit london yes and she basically had to put off that dream because they found paddington like they saved him from drowning and they're like Mm -hmm. we have to raise this bear and like his uncle's dead now and his Mm -hmm. aunt's retired and they still never got to see london and they like put all their dreams away to help him grow. Mm-hmm. And like, and that's such a, like that ties in with the whole like beautiful immigrant story that mm-hmm. Paddington is. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically he, the thrust of the plot of this movie is he wants to get her this pop-up book yeah. of all the London landmarks yeah. so that he can give her a piece of the place that she loves so much. Yeah. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. <laughs> and, but, but then there's like this, I guess animated sequence that's like <gasps> flipping through the pop-up. Book. Oh my God. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. So it's the 3d animated bears yeah. walking through this 2d paper cut world. Oh my God. And I was just weeping. <laughs> it was so beautiful. I just, it's one of the few times in my life where I went, what movie making? This is amazing. And I, I feel like I, I don't know if I cried, but I definitely got like emotional. It yeah. Was, it's it's powerful. so beautiful. God, like this stupid movie about a talking bear and it's so freaking good. It's so good. And Donald Gleason's dad's really good in it too. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan Gleason is so funny. It's so and I love oh God, there's so many fun things. And the guy that's in Game of Thrones is there too, not doing anything. It's so weird. Is he in the prison? Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew him. Okay. But he's the guy that chops off the Oh. In the Game of the Thrones. Okay, I don't really. Yeah, I've okay. seen the first season. Um, He's kind of a bad guy in Game of Thrones. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Oh no. And yeah. Anyway. Um. But yeah. So I'm glad you saw it. Yeah. It's so good. Jack loved it too. We loved it. Good. That was a good one. God, that was good. What a great movie. Yeah. Easily the best of the year so far, but there's not <laughs> a lot of competition. But yeah. also, it outshines almost any movie ever. Yeah. Um. Oh, we're we've been yeah. talking for a while. Yeah. Um. It's about time to wrap up. But yeah, I t- have to pee. Oh, shoot. Oh, no, it's you this time. <laughs> the curse is passed on to you. Yeah. Okay, really quick before we close, though. Yeah. Uh, do you want to hear my super controversial rating of the solo Beatles output? Do it. Okay. Number one, mm-hmm. Ringo Starr. Okay. Number two, George Harrison. Yeah. Number three, Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. Number four, John Lennon. Wow. 
And that is my ranking, and I'm standing by it. You're a bad person. I know. I don't really. I don't know any other solo. No, work. I know. I know. I know a few uh, Paul McCartney songs. I know like a John Lennon song. Yeah, imagine everybody knows that. And then which is I know no Ringo yeah. Starr, and then I know one George Harrison song. Is it? Is, I've got my mindset on you. Yes, which, which was my actually my first favorite song, ever, ever. Oh yes. wow! I heard it on the radio, and I was like, I'm obsessed with that song. But back in those days. You how how does one how does a child get that song and listen to it again? Yeah. So I just I would listen to the radio just hoping Aww. that song would play. That's yeah. so sweet. Yeah. And then I it was one of the ones I I it might have been Napster or something that I got it from, like the original uh-huh. thing. And then I just played it until I didn't want to hear it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, George Harrison has an album called Brainwashed that is terrific. Yeah. He would have been my number one, except his his music can get kind of Hare Krishna mm-hmm. at certain points and mm-hmm. it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. This is like a seven-minute meditative song, and I don't really care. Yeah, he's, um, he's got that side. But yeah, thank you so much for listening to Cast Party. You can mm-hmm. find us on Twitter at Cast Party Pod, on Facebook Cast Party Podcast. Uh, email us. You know, figure out the email address for yourself mm-hmm. because no one wants to do that anyway. Um, our theme song is "Good Day" by Tally Hall off the album Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum. I saw you mouthing along. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it one of these times. Okay, I'm afraid to say. Yeah, it. you're almost there. It's hard yeah. to say. It is. And uh, until. Probably two weeks from now. Mm -hmm. Uh, See you later. Hey, man. Don't poop your pants. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Okay. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And we're the co-hosts of Scream 101. Which is? Your premier podcast for horror movie reviews. Tell me more. Every month, we watch four horror movies based around a certain theme, like vampires, aquatic horror, 70s proto-slashers, just different genres. Okay. I'm a huge horror nerd. He is. Sergio is not so much. Everything you tell me goes in one ear and out the other. But he's a very nice young man, and he's willing to come along this journey with me, and we can give you our two different perspectives and hopefully a couple laughs along the way. That's the dream or the plan. Come with us on this journey of joy. On this never-ending tale. On this season of Scream 101, find us on podpeople.me.